What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you on this beautiful Sunday evening to bring you the Week 8 Fantasy Basketball Preview. Noah, can you, can you believe we're, we're basically two months into the season at this point? Oh, it's, uh, it's been a long journey to get to this point, Colin. It's weird. It's uh, it's been a season. Is that fair to say that it has been a season so far? Yeah, and we still got what eleven more weeks of this till the playoffs. Bada bing, bada boom, baby. Yeah, and that's that's when it really starts to heat up. That's that's where the money is made. But no, as they always say, you can't make the money if you're not grinding. One hundred emoji. That's what they say, right? Uh, Yeah. I uh, my points team, Colin, now has Bam on the IR, and Lamelo oh, no. and Terry Rozier both out for the next two weeks with oh, COVID geez. protocols. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the Hornets <laughs> and that Bam situation, but yeah, it's messed up. the The injury bug and the COVID bug are are starting to pile up. I uh, I, not to get political, if you will, but with the Omicron variant back in play, we're going to see. COVID um, outages like we did last year. I think that's going to start to creep up more and more and really be prevalent in the NBA, which kind of sucks. I uh, was hoping I don't know that if that's true. I COVID's not real. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot we're a COVID denier podcast. <laughs> yeah, I forgot we, we. Yeah, we took that stance early, and it has been a tough take to defend. <laughs> But we come out and we do it every day, Noah, and and that's what's important. So, shout out us, shout out us for denying COVID and its existence. Um, you know, just in case the sponsors listening, Colin and I are um very pro vaccine, and we do believe in COVID. Just in case you were wondering, it's all big okay. guys. Don't worry. Well, don't speak for me, pal. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I I think that. We're going to see a lot of uptick in that, and no, that only makes our jobs more important. So, uh, yep. you know... We're the true heroes, Colin. Not all yeah. heroes wear capes, as they would say. I wear a beanie. Does that count? I'm wearing a beanie, too. All right, sick. What kind of beanie? Uh, it's like tan. That's a good one. Can I like... fold it twice? If Ooh, you're wearing a twice. beanie and it's not above your ears, Con, like, why are you even wearing a beanie? I don't know, to keep your ears warm? <laughs> that's not why you wear a beanie. No, that's not why you wear a beanie, on. no, come on, I'm not fucking stupid. Strictly for the I, fashion statement. It's a fashion statement, I know what's up, I'm wearing one right now, and uh, trust me, I get a lot of glances in public, alright? Okay? <laughs> Not only is this a basketball podcast, this is a fashion advice podcast. So listen up. You're going to want to make sure you have your Tims on this winter. The, the older, the better. Ankle socks with the Tims. You know, you, you don't want... Yeah, exclusively. Beanie, I, I'm thinking overalls, no undershirt. And the overalls got to be cuffed. You want to see that ankle? Yeah. Oh, you want to cuff your overalls? Yeah. No, you got to see. There needs to be at least six inches between the overalls ending and the Tim's starting. Mhm. Mhm. All right. Bada bing, bada boom. And that's how you. That's how you 
attract people. Bing bong. Bing bong. Alrighty. Well, with that absolutely fantastic basketball analysis, let's get into the schedule analysis for week eight. Uh, Noah, we've got a real interesting one. I think this is the first time all season we've got a team with five games. The yeah, San Antonio this Spurs. Is a, this is a fucked up week, Con. It's uh, it, this is like this, sometimes I, I think you can generally get away with not really paying too much attention to this schedule week to week if you've got a solid team already built. This is a week. Five games for the Spurs is absurd. I don't know how the NBA allowed that to happen, but I know they played like two games the other week. So, you know, why not just pile it on this week? You know, fuck them kids. Yeah, and um, this does start the rain con of the Jazz's three-week streak of having four games. Uh, Actually, just kidding. They play three games this week. Maybe it's next week. Yeah, next week, next week. Yeah. All right, well, so to break it all down, the really important stuff, the Spurs play five games. Then the next category that we got to focus on is teams that play two games. We've got Atlanta, Phoenix, and Toronto only playing two games. So may I recommend if you find somebody on Atlantic, Phoenix, or Toronto that has a big impact on your team, Let's find some Spurs action. There's some value in the Spurs. It's out there. We can find it for you. Let's do it. Um, and then most other teams are playing three or four games. I'll rattle off the four-game teams, and then everybody else is playing three games. So we got Brooklyn, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, the Lakers, Memphis, Milwaukee, Minnesota, the Knicks, Oklahoma City, Orlando, Philadelphia, all playing four games. Everybody else three but to reiterate again, important teams, the Spurs, five games, Atlanta, Phoenix, Toronto, two games. Yeah, and I'll just show a little love, con to, you know, our fellow fantasy players out there who set weekly lineups instead of daily lineups, Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Booker, who got hurt last Tuesday in the game against the Warriors, missed the rest of the week, with Phoenix only having two potential games this week, Con, You know, there's a chance Devin Booker doesn't even play this week. Right. Um, so if you're a weekly lineup setter, take that into account. And getting into the number of teams playing each day, Con, on Monday we're looking at 20, on Tuesday we're looking at 6, on Wednesday we're looking at 26, Thursday wow. 6, Friday 18, Saturday 14, Sunday 12. Um, we've been in a pretty pr- pretty decent groove, Con, of you know most of these weeks, Tuesday, Thursday, and one of the weekend days are the low days, while mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday have been the full lineup days. Um, it seems to be following the track that season. Uh, looking at teams with back-to-backs, Con, the Spurs play five games this week. they got a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back, and a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. Wow. So get the Spurs players. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're looking at Boston, Brooklyn, Dallas, and the Knicks. Wednesday, Thursday, we're looking at Denver, Memphis, Philly, Utah. Thursday, Friday, the Lakers are the only team that has a back-to-back. Friday, Saturday, we're looking at Cleveland, Houston, Sacramento. Saturday, Sunday, we're looking at Orlando in san antonio and then sunday monday we're looking at dallas milwaukee uh like i said the low volume game days gone tuesday three games thursday three games sunday six games Mm -hmm. and then the teams who play on the low volume game days spurs they play on monday tuesday thursday saturday sunday 
Um, guys on the Spurs you're going to be looking at, Colin, you got Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Thaddeus Young, Doug McDermott, Lonnie Walker. Uh, the Spurs are decently deep, um, but you do kind of have to take a gamble on a game-to-game basis of who you think is going to perform the best or what categories you need. Um, mm-hmm. The Lakers play four games on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. And like we said, Colin, the Lakers aren't a super great fantasy team. But you no. can be looking at guys still like Melo, who's cooled off since his beginning of the season run, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Dwight Howard, Colin, who has moved into the starting lineup the last two games. I've uh, seen. DeAndre Jordan's out of the lineup there in L.A. So, you know, Dwight Howard's interesting. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Malik Monk, who I really like on this Lakers team. He might be the one I like the most, honestly. And then teams who play on Tuesday, Colin, Boston, Brooklyn, Dallas, the Knicks, along with the Lakers and the Spurs. Teams that play on Thursday, Colin, Denver, Lakers again, Memphis, Philly, Spurs, Utah. And then teams that play on Sunday, Brooklyn, Dallas, and the Knicks. So you want to focus on those teams for your Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday streamers. Um, The rest of the days, you know, you're going to have relatively full lineups Saturday and Sunday. You're going to have to stream both of those days. And, yeah, uh, look for the Spurs this week. Spurs are the team you want. Anytime you got a team playing five games, Colin, you're going to want players from that team yeah that uh that, that makes a decent amount of sense we'll uh we'll, we'll dive a, a bit more into the spurs later i think you know we, we can highlight some of those guys if if time permits um but with that let's move into potential rest of season value so obviously these are guys who we view as uh, potentially being a reliable rest-of-season roster spot. And mm-hmm. Noah, the first guy on this list, um, kind of as I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, COVID is rampant. And as you alluded to, you have uh, LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier on a fantasy team. And so yep. it makes a lot of sense that Ish Smith is going to be a hot commodity this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't love the potential rest of season tag uh, for Ish Smith Con, but he is he is going to have enough fantasy value for these next two weeks that we do have to mention him at the very least. So, you mm-hmm. know, if you're a listener and you just freaked out and you're writing a mean comment because we said Ish Smith and rest of, potential rest of season value in the same sentence, delete that comment. Come on, delete uh, it. But delete Ish Smith Con seventy seventeen percent roster on Yahoo, one point nine percent roster on ESPN. And like we said, LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier are probably out for the next two weeks. This leaves the Hornets very shorthanded in terms of guards, Con. And Ball and Rozier, Con, are combining for a 50.3 usage rate so far this season in the Hornets games. 50% usage rate, Con. That's not bad. Um, That's not bad for the Hornets because <laughs> they have the number one offense. <laughs> In the league, it's uh, bad for the Hornets because they're not playing for the uh, yeah. next couple weeks. Um, one of, Ish Smith is one of the guys who's going to be the main beneficiary here, Colin, just because he is one of the very few point guards on the roster. And Smith was involved earlier in the rotation this year when Rozier was hurt, but when Rozier came back, um, Ish Smith relatively fell out of the rotation con, but before that, he was averaging 10 points, 5 assists, and a steal a game in around 22 minutes a game. Um, his scoring's inconsistent, but I do think he's going to be able to rack up assists uh, with this Hornets yeah. team who have shot makers still in Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges con. And yes. 
He's barely owned, but he's basically going to have a starting point guard workload for this next week and a half, two weeks gone. And while he's not a rest of the season value, he certainly has value for this next half a month. And just tonight, Con Ishmith played 32 minutes, started, had 18 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 8 for 14 shooting, 2 threes, and a steal. Um, if you don't want Ish Smith on this Hornets team, Con, there's still options. Uh, Kelly Oubre is going to see a lot of starting minutes. He started tonight, played 39 minutes, had 28 points, 11 for 17, 6 threes. Um, he's not going to get you much in rebounds or assists, but Kelly Oubre is good if you need points and three-pointers right now. And then I picked up Caleb Martin today, Con, because I needed steals and rebounds, and he played 32 minutes, had 19 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 for 11, 3 threes, and 2 steals. And not then down. if... If P.J. Washington's still on your waiver from, you know, his slow tar- start to the season earlier and his injury, um, he's a fine pickup. Played 38 minutes tonight, 13 points, 11 rebounds. So you, you got some options here on the Hornets, Con, as to who you can pick up to help benefit um, Ball and Rozier being out. Yeah, I like it. I assume that Kelly Oubre isn't going to be found on most waiver wires. Um yeah. Just given his name, and he's he's been a pretty hot hand for them so far this year in terms of what uh, he provides them from beyond the arc. But, yeah, I, I think with Ishmith, I, I think you're right. Um, there's not a ton of rest of season value for you. He did play tonight, so we were able to see that. But I had in my notes... In the five games where he's caught the most minutes prior to tonight, he was averaging about 10 points, five assists, two boards, and a steal, which is respectable. And in no game prior to tonight had he played more than 24 minutes. So kind of like he proved tonight, I was going to project that he was able, he was going to be able to come out and produce at a pretty decent level. Which I think we saw. I mean, would you say eighteen points, five boards, seven assists? You you take that all day. I take that all every day. day of the week. Like, I'm, if, I'm actually kind of surprised here, Con, with Ball and Rozier both being out. That their draft pick they took earlier this year, Con James Booknight, hasn't been playing as much, or hasn't been playing at all. Really, he's been playing mostly in their G League. I thought this would, you know, finally be his shot to, you know a rotation player in that Hornets roster, but only played six minutes tonight and attempted one shot, so I guess James Booknight isn't getting any of these uh, minutes that Ball and Rozier were taking up. Yeah, it's uh, only the eighth game that he's got in this year. He's never played more. Yeah. This was actually... This was his career high in minutes at six, which it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. They were playing a competitive Atlanta team tonight, so that could be it, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a game. Yeah, they they play the Kings on Friday. Maybe they take that as an opportunity to get him in. Who knows? They they've got a decently yeah, competitive I'm, schedule coming up. They play the Spurs next Wednesday. A, yeah, just a quick aside, Colin. I'm I'm a pretty big sicko, clearly about basketball, and I do keep up with a decent amount of G League basketball. And mm-hmm. James Booknight and Kai Jones, both of the Hornets' uh, first-round draft picks this year, have been absolutely going off in the G League. Um, Kai Jones looks like he's going to be able to play for this Hornets team very soon, Con, and he's going to be a really nice piece next to uh, Ball and Rozier. But I just want to give a quick shout-out, Con. Uh, I went to high school with this guy named Marcus Burke. We were friends in high school. He uh, he went to Campbell University after graduating from our high school, D1 school. Um, established himself as one of the best three-point shooters in the nation, Con, but 
you know, he only played at Campbell. It's a small school in Carolina. Mm-hmm. He came back home to IUPUI, um, played his uh, rest two seasons of eligibility left there, um, went undrafted, Colin, but got signed to the Denver Nuggets G League affiliate team. And uh-huh. he's been starting for them, playing next to Lance Stevenson and Nick Stauskas, Colin. So, <laughs> you know, he's on a team with good veteran presence. That's fun. Hopefully he gets to learn, and yeah. Shout out to Marcus Burke, man. I want, I want to see that guy succeed. All right, well then, no, I forgot. I have breaking news for you. Uh, our good friend of the program, Ryan, just started his gig with the Spurs G League team. So we will be having him on uh, in the coming weeks to talk about Spurs, G League, and player development. I, I think it'll be a great episode. Forgot to tell you about that, but it should be a lot of fun. Maybe we could get a G League dude on. Oh, I'm a... I'm a G League sick, Ocon. I, I, I really Dude, like you, the G League. I love NBA. You gotta be a real sicko to follow the G League. Major <laughs> sicko. You absolutely have to be con. Maybe Con, we should play a game. We should do who did I who do I play for? And you give me G League guys. That would be a if now, I don't think I could <laughs> name you more than like three G League team names, to be honest with you. I know Windy City Bulls. There's like the main Red Lobsters. I think it's Boston's team, and the Come on. you got the, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants. No, I shit. I forgot about the the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. That's a that's a name right there. That's decent. The Mad Ants. I kind of like it. <laughs> There's the the Bay Lakers or something like that. South Bay Lakers. South maybe. Bay Lakers. Guess who they got? Um. Guess who they got leading their squad, Con? Alex Caruso. No. This guy does play like Alex Caruso, though. High school highlight superstar Mac McClung. Really? Basically the leader of the South Bay Lakers. Let's go. Let's go, Matt. Mr. McClung. Mr. McClung. Con, I know we're very similar people, but when... When, um... When high school basketball was really popping, con when Zion and you know the balls at Chino yeah. Hill and Michael Porter were doing there, were you really into like the high school highlight YouTube pages? I I can't say I was really into them, but <laughs> I watched my fair amount. I was more was that dude. Zion, that was actually on like five six kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Th- no, those are funny. That was back in the day when I was still on Facebook. And I would get mm. Facebook like videos out the wazoo of just high school highlights and people like Zion just freaking dunking on people. Now I don't watch high school highlight tapes so that I can like project the next NBA stars, but that's a little bit different. <laughs> it's a little bit different. All right, Noah. Uh, this next guy. Terrence Davis of the Sacramento Kings. Bit of an interesting story. He's bounced around the league a a decent amount in his two years. Uh, Spent about a year and a half in Toronto and then a year and a half now with the Kings. Hasn't played a ton with the Kings, but Mm -hmm. in this new regime, he's found himself a starting role. Yeah. Terrence Davis is a guy that I actually really like, Con. I think the Raptors actually should have ended up keeping him. But with the bringing in of Alvin Gentry to the Kings, Con, they've gone 4-3 four and, four and three since he became the interim coach. 
Um, one of the changes Gentry bought to the team con was bringing former Toronto guard Terrence Davis back into the rotation. And he's actually ended up being a starter these last two games, but that's because Mo Harkless and Harrison Barnes are both hurt right now, so the Kings are really um, lacking some wing depth. And that's allowed Terrence Davis to start these past four games. He's played over 28 minutes, gone in all of those games, and he scored 20 over 22 points in his two most recent games. Uh, over the last five games, Terrence Davis is averaging 24 minutes, 17 points, five rebounds, one assist, one and one and a half steals, and .8 blocks a game. Um, he's been attempting 13 field goal attempts, and he's averaging 2.83 pointers made per game. And Harkless and uh, Barnes are going to come back relatively soon here, Colin, and it will cut into Davis's playing time. But I think Davis is making a case right now to keep playing as he provides such a he has um, his scoring ability is just so much better than Mo Harkless's. Colin, and with a Kings team here who has a new coach is looking for anyone to step up, Colin, there, there's a chance that Terrence Davis can find himself 15, 20 minutes a night for the Kings, easily. Yeah, I mean, I think he's showing it. In the last five games, he's played at least 17 minutes a game, at least 15 minutes a game. And he's putting up numbers, too, and he's doing it at a pretty efficient clip. You take out the one dud game he had from three the other night against the Lakers when he went one for nine. The team pulled out the victory, though, mind you, so it didn't hurt him too much. He's been a pretty dead-on three-point shooter. These last two nights, he's gone 11 of 20 from the field. I know that's a uh, a pretty small sample size, but kid can clearly catch a heater, and if there's anything the Kings need, it's, it's somebody who can do something. So I, I know that a lot of threes are taken by Mr. Buddy Heald, who is uh, one of the premier three-point shooters in the modern-day NBA, taking mm-hmm. about 10 threes a game. But Buddy's numbers are actually down a bit this year. He's down to 36% mm-hmm. three-point shooting, which is the worst of his career by a decent margin, by about 3%. So mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, that opens the door for Terrence Davis, per se, but I, I, I think it's there. I, I think there's a case. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll monitor Terrence Davis. And the rebound numbers in the games that he started are very attractive for a guard. Mm-hmm. Incredibly. Yeah. 2% roster on ESPN right now, Colin? Come on. But, yeah, we take that all day. All day. All right, anything else with Terrence Davis that you would like to cover? Um, No. But I do really like this next guy, Colin, Jared Vanderbilt. I, I think we mentioned him maybe last week, Colin, but we didn't actually write about him. Yeah. Uh, 57% rostered in Yahoo, Colin, 12.2% rostered ESPN. And this is actually really interesting what I found earlier today, Colin. So Vanderbilt in games 1 through 10 this season was only averaging 19 minutes, Colin, 5.6 rebounds. He played in all, all of those games, but he started only three. And Mm -hmm. he enters the starting lineup, Colin, in game 11 of this season. In games 11 and 12, he only averages 16 minutes. But since then, in games 13 through 19, Colin, he's averaged 25 minutes, and he's got 7 rebounds and 7 points and 10 rebounds average. Um, In games 20 through 22, Colin, he's averaging 35 minutes, 4.5 points, but 13 rebounds. Um... While Jared Vanderbilt's scoring is clearly not there, Colin, he's gobbling up boards, and he's averaging 1.3 steals and a block a game. Uh, 
He's shooting 53% from field goal and 82% from the free throw line, which you always like to see out of big guy. He's only taken like two attempts at game con, but still yeah. 82% is 82%. And this guy's this guy's a sleeper for the rebounds, Con. 12.2% roster in ESPN for a guy who's grabbing like multiple double-digit games of rebounds here? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty absurd because if you take away the allure of points scored in the categories league this guy is incredibly efficient at a couple different things mm-hmm. and when we talk about roster construction uh for a categories team I, I think we've alluded to the idea that assists are a thing you pretty much have to build for and you really can't stream for them rebounds tend to be a thing that is easier to stream week to week especially if you have a guy like jared vanderbilt 12 rebounds a game, I mean, guys vary, but he's been mighty consistent in the last, what, so since, if we're looking at his numbers, so in the last 10 games he's played, his low on rebounds is 7. Like, it's it's consistent. He's very consistent with a pretty high floor. And then if we take those first two games when he got the starting role, Oh, no, 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 never mind. I mean, he's caught games, two games now in the last five with 15 boards. I think that mm-hmm. speaks speaks for it. Yeah, and th- and there's there's something so, like, satisfying, Colin, just knowing that this guy knows his role perfectly within that Timberwolves yeah. team. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I, I think what's important about this, if we're looking at rest of the season value... The Timberwolves have been a winning team as of late. Mm-hmm. I know they've they've dropped two in a row uh, to some pretty competitive teams, but they went on a streak there, Noah, where they won eight of nine games. I mean, mm-hmm. seven of eight games. Against some decent teams, too. I mean, they beat the 76ers in double OT. They beat the Heat. They beat the Grizzlies when Ja was still healthy. It's a team that I think is ready to be competitive, and they played the Nets the other night in the Barclays Center, real competitive, and Jared Vanderbilt took down 15 boards while having 10 points. So his role is going to be very solid. I think that the Timberwolves have found something. I think that rest of season value, while you didn't want to put that on Ish Smith, I think it's absolutely qualified for Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and... The scoring isn't great, Con, but I, you know, I do watch a decent amount of Timberwolves games because I do think they're the most league passable team at the moment, Con, just because <laughs> of how fun Anthony Edwards is to watch at the moment. Yeah, and you know, there he has opportunities, Con, to be a around ten point per game score. You know, just enough offensive rebounds slash little opportunities here and there open up for him a game. And if this guy ever averages the points out to around eight or eight to ten con, he's a steal. He's an absolute steal with the rebounding. Yeah, I mean, bing bong, baby. <clears throat> All right, well, I, you know, if our sales pitch on Jared Vanderbilt didn't work on you, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we, uh, well, you know, I've got a guy for you then, Noah. I've got a guy. He he's a little bit less sexy than Jared Vanderbilt. Um, he's a guy that we we've talked about on this podcast because uh, I know what team he plays on, 
and that is uh, Mr. Dwayne Dedman of the Miami Heat, who has found himself in a situation where he is now an incredibly important piece on a team that is going to be missing Bam for at least four weeks, probably more. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the diagnosis was four to six weeks, so we will keep you updated on that. But for the time being, Dwayne Dedman is the starting center for the Miami Heat, and their depth in the front court is shit. It's garbage, Noah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't think there's any other way to put it. It's it's the Udonis Haslam piece that I told you about. So with that, Dwayne Dedman is going to be starting a lot of games, and there's a lot of rebounds to be had on that Miami Heat team because Bam was gobbling them up, and they run a pretty small team. I mean, the guys that are catching the most minutes on that team, Jimmy, Lowry, Hero, Duncan Robinson, it's generally, and obviously Bam, um, it's it's generally a pretty small team. So, in the three games that Dwayne Dedman has started so far, Noah, uh, he's already had two 13-rebound games. Uh, oh, yeah. That's pretty, pretty solid, right? Incredibly small sample size, but in the three games that he started so far, his averages look like this. 26 minutes played, 48% from field goal, He's actually he's shooting sixty seven percent from three, so I uh, only I assume that will be sustainable. He doesn't he hasn't attempted a free throw, which is a little concerning that he as their lone big man isn't banging down on the post. But I think it's fine. You'd like to see that eleven rebounds, two assists, a block, and about nine points a game. Those are numbers that are very sustainable for him, and I mm-hmm. think they are numbers that are going to help you on a fantasy team. Yeah. So when I was when I was trying to project Dwayne Dedman's value con, I had to look back to um, a time in his NBA timeline when he was actually playing similar minutes to what he's going to play with this Heat team, mm-hmm. which is somewhere between you know twenty four to thirty minutes, and. He actually hit that with the Hawks three years ago, Colin, when he was age 32. Um, He averaged 11 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist with 1.1 steals and 1.1 blocks in 25 minutes, Colin. And I can easily see him being able to replicate that with this Heat team because he's just going to play an absolute shit ton for them the entire month of December. And this is actually funny, Colin. Dwayne Dedman's played 198 career games, Colin. He's only played Mm -hmm. 30 minutes or more 19 times. In his nine nine year career, so I, I'm going to correct you. He's only started 200 games. He's played 434 career games, which yeah, makes yeah, the yeah. stat even even more absurd. Yeah, so I, I think he can get back to that Hawks level of production that he was at on. And if he's getting the 11 and eight with a steal and a block a game, you gotta you gotta add him. Yeah, you gotta take it. And I think that. It's fair to say that the rebound should be higher uh, just because of the role that he's taken. Because Jimmy does a decent job on the boards, but it's not like he's getting 10 a game. He's getting 5 a game right now. Uh, Kyle Lowry's a good rebounding guard, but again, he's he's not getting an absurd amount of rebounds. He's averaging about 4.5. So... The rebounds to be had on that team are numerous 
and Dwayne Dedman's going to fill that role. I think that's, in simplest terms, how you got to look at Dwayne Dedman. Boom, bada, bing. Bing, bong. Uh, this next guy, Noah, we actually spoke about last week. And we said last week, uh, amidst the John Morant injury, uh, RIP, because I own him. Noah, I actually, this is pretty sad for me. I had to drop Jamal Murray off the IR spot to make room for Ja <laughs> on my points team. I was really bummed Damn. about that. I was really hoping that I could just wait it out with Jamal. Jamal would come back, my team would be goaded, and all would be well. Does not look to be the case here. No, it doesn't look to be the case. So don't pick him up. For my sake, don't don't go pick him up. I think you have you, know, you have way too many people on the IR to do that. All right, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, but we said, you know, we rattled off a couple names, and we said that we would monitor over the coming weeks who on the Grizzlies uh, seemed to rise to the occasion, who faltered, and starting point guard Tyus Jones has risen to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and he's only 29% rostered on Yahoo Colin and 5% rostered on ESPN right now. That's nuts. The 29 on Yahoo is honestly more surprising to me than the 5% on ESPN. Yeah, I, I kind of expected that to be damn near double, Colin, that Yahoo yeah. rostered percent. No, I did too. I would assume that would be around the 50-60%. Yeah, and he, he has been holding down this starting point guard role, Colin, and... Um, Ja still gonna still out. They said they're gonna reevaluate him in a couple weeks. Colin, so that means minimum Ja is out for two to three more weeks. And I honestly think this injury is probably on the worst oh, side. Of this injury is way worse than diagnosis. Con, I I think Ja is missing maybe a month, like minimum a month and a half. I, I really do. So I think Jones is gonna get a lot of run here. And the Grizzlies have honestly looked pretty decent without Ja. Con, I'm pretty surprised. Um, I am shocked. So, you know, that does provide the Grizzlies with some security that, you know, maybe we don't have to rush Jot back to hopefully make the play on, playoff or the play-in game. Um, mm-hmm. And Jones has been averaging 6.7 points, Colin, 7.7 assists, 4 rebounds, and 1.7 steals in 26 per minute, minutes per game. Um, he doesn't offer much in points, Colin, but as we said, that Grizzlies team is a team full of chuckers. His, Jones's job is to get the ball to the chuckers, and he's a fantastic source of assists, steals, and threes. And Jones is a really good per-minute passer here, Con. You know, averaging eight assists in 26 minutes is pretty phenomenal. And I think he's the best source for assists on the waiver right, right now, if that's where you need to look. And like you already said, Con, assists are pretty hard to stream. So Yeah, no, get, I mean... Go get Tyus Jones. I, I, I think Tyus Jones rostered by next week, Con, will at least be 45 it it should be doubled. It should be sixty percent because it's seven and a half assists. No, I, I'm double checking that right now. I believe that would put you in the top ten in the league for assists, which is crazy, yeah. right? But that's yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Uh, and if you can't get Tyus Jones here, you can't get DeAnthony Melton. I I do think there's. Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks probably aren't available on your waiver wire anymore. Mm-hmm. And the question here was, Con, would DeAnthony Melton start instead of Tyus Jones? That was not true. Tyus Jones is starting. But DeAnthony Melton has been coming off the bench. And I do think there's a scenario, Con, where if DeAnthony Melton has a run of 
good games that we could be seeing him and Tyus Jones minutes flip-flop. You know, DeAnthony Melton starts playing 26, Tyus Jones starts playing, you know, 18, 20. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen because DeAnthony Melton is not the playmaker that Tyus Jones is, and he has a lot more turnovers. That's one of the that's one of the best things about Tyus Jones is his permanent turnovers are pretty low for a guy who has a ball in yeah. his hands that much, and he's just one of the steadiest players on this um, Grizzlies team. Like you, you can't trust Dylan Brooks on a game to game basis, but you can trust Tyus Jones. No, I think that's incredibly valid. At least get you what he's bringing. Yeah, and uh, I double-checked the math on that, Noah. 7.7 assists per game uh, over a sustained period of time puts you at 10th in the league right now in assists per game numbers. Shit. Imagine our listeners picked him up last week, Colin, when we talked about him. (laughs) Oh, oh, listener, you didn't pick him up last week? Hey, it's it's this week now. Pick him up, listener, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right um all right with that that ends the potential rest of season value let's move on to the waiver wire pickups noah uh of which there are plenty um not as always there are guys on this list that we kind of recycle week to week some of the guys you know we we've talked about last week you know wrote some stuff on them some of the guys are new um some of the guys are just consistently going to be waiver wire pickups so as always if there's something that you'd like to say buzz me in and we'll talk about them and i'll stop myself too if uh there's ever a reason to talk about a guy um, oh, you know what, Noah? We said that we would talk a little bit more about some of these Spurs guys. So why don't you give me 15 to 30 seconds on each of the Spurs guys that we have on the list. Uh, let's start with Devin Vassell, who is a guy that we've actually written about in the past. Uh, yeah, Devin Vassell's a pretty consistent stream of three-pointers gone. Um, he, you know, he gets a decent amount of rebounds, but he's really, you're getting him for the threes, but he does seem to be somewhat injury prone con and not the like long-term injury prone, but the type of injury where he'll miss one or two games in a week. Um, you know, that happened just last week, but I do like Devin Vassell. Kelton Johnson is awesome con. If Kelton Johnson's on your waiver wire, you know, I picked him up last week just because someone dropped him because yeah, that was actually me. they needed a guy. Um, yeah, thanks for that. No um, Kel Johnson hasn't even been that great, Colin. I think he's only averaging like 26 points, but he's kind of like points? McCall Bridges. Oh, oh, in, oh, he's in fantasy. Like McCall Bridges. Yeah, fantasy points, sorry. Was like, he's kind of like McCall Bridges, Colin, who only also averages like 26 fantasy points a game, but he's getting 26 every night. And at a certain point, you just take that at this point in the season. Um, mm-hmm. So I really like Keldon. Keldon should not be on your waiver wire. Um, Thad Young, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife. He probably sees the least amount of minutes out of any of these guys I'm talking about, Colin, but he is a good stonks guy. Um, Doug McDermott, you're in the threes. He's like a Devin Vassell, but Doug McDermott's hot or cold. Devin Vassell really has seemed to bought into his bench role, Colin, while Doug McDermott, you know, he plays with the starters, but he just has on or off nights. And then Lonnie Walker, the fourth, he, he gets you a, I probably like him the least out of all these guys, Colin, because... The threes aren't consistent as Devin Vassell, and the rebounds aren't there for a guy like Kelton Johnson or Thad. Um, yeah, those are the five Spur guys you're probably looking at because Pirtle, Dejounte Murray, Derek White are probably all taken. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I'm trying to pick one guy, I'm picking Kelton first, but Devin Vassell or Doug are not bad options either. And you're getting five games out of them. Come on. Yeah, I like it. 
Yeah, Thad's minutes have not been yeah, attractive he's, he's, in the slightest. He's going to get traded. He's going to get traded. A playoff contender could use Thad still. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. I mean, his scoring has been cut in half since last year, and I know he'd carved himself out a really nice role on the Bulls, but I thought that the Spurs were kind of going to use him similarly. Mm-hmm. Turns out, no. He seems like he should be playing for that Spurs team, Tom. I, I think they could be using more Thad in their lives. Yeah, I would take Thad Young back in the Bulls. We could. That really seems like him. a guy Pop would absolutely love to have on his team, right? too, Colin. Right? Like that veteran presence, especially for a, a team that's generally pretty young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Free Thad Young. Free Thad Young. And free DK Metcalf. Those are the two people we're trying <laughs> to free right now. Yeah. All right, uh, and, uh, Mello, as always, I mean... He's a three-point god this year, so Carmelo Anthony. THT, um, I haven't checked back on THT's production, but it, it had really taken a dip there for a minute, Noah. I, uh, yeah, we, I, I need a bigger sample size still, honestly. I, dude, I can't get a read on this guy. I, I like LeBron saying that he's the best, like one of the best talents he's ever seen. I don't know if that means anything, and I don't think that it does. But I think that a lot of media outlets were like, well, this kid's the, the next Carmelo Anthony now. And it's like, well, you know, maybe there was a reason he was uh, the 46 overall pick. Cool. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, I think we'll know the full story on THT Con by, like, the all-star break of this season. I, I think we will. Yeah, I mean, he got paid, so shout out to him. Um. All right, Dwight Howard, Noah, talk to us about <laughs> Dwight got, Howard. Got to talk about this guy, Colin. Coming off his best game of the season on Tuesday, um, had 12 points, 13 rebounds, two steals, and two blocks in 35 <laughs> minutes. Gone. Um, Anthony Davis has just seemed like he's been banged up all season, Colin. We thought we were going to see more AD at the five this year, but at the point the Lakers season is going at this point, Colin, it seems like Vogel is going to try and limit Davis's minutes at center. Because the regular season's grueling, it's long, they want to keep AD healthy. And with DeAndre Jordan relatively out of the rotation, it seems like Dwight's going to be able to carve out a pretty consistent role with this Lakers team, whether off the bench or as a starter. And, you know, you know what you're getting out of Dwight Collin. He's going to be a strong source of boards and blocks. I'm not saying he's like an immediate ad, but you do have to keep an eye on Dwight at least, because he's probably going to end up stealing most of DeAndre Jordan's minutes. Yeah, no, and I, it's not even probably at this point, I think, with DeAndre Jordan just playing himself out of the rotation. R.I.P. the Nets Big 3. I mean, people forget that the original Big 3 was DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie won't get the vaccine, and DeAndre Jordan won't be good at basketball. So, like, just R.I.P. R.I.P.? Alrighty, uh, elsewhere on the list we find Malik Monk, DeAnthony Melton, Patty Mills, Kelly Oubre Jr., Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal was like the guy on this list last year, and we haven't talked about him yet, Noah. He's kind, kind of, of, kind of disappointed. Guy, Colin, but he's kind of still the guy that he was last year, but I also made a pact not to talk about the Jazz, so sorry. Royce. Yeah, fair. Yeah, darn. All of our Utah listeners are... <laughs> Mad online right now. Ugh. All right, be better next time. No, don't. Come on, you, you can't be offending our listeners. Uh, I have a, 
I have a cousin who lives in Utah, Con, and he asked me why I wasn't talking about any jazz, the jazz this year. And I told him that I strictly wouldn't until they show me something in the playoffs. Okay, but you've been tricked because now we're talking about the jazz. Well, I'm not. My, I don't, my cousin didn't even ask me that. Does, I don't think you have a cousin in Utah. I don't believe that, actually. I, I actually do have a up. cousin in Utah. Do you really? does not watch basketball. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. What else is there to do in Utah? They don't have any other sports. Was, was he dude, do just, I, don't, I don't know. Just I be Mormon? just go on hikes. Interesting. And say no to I coffee. I think you just go on hikes and like brag about other people on what hikes you've gone on. <laughs> not a bad life, honestly. <laughs> no, I yeah, I've I've been to Utah once, and yeah, that's I went on a bunch of hikes. That's actually what I did there. So <laughs> I believe you. Uh, all right, after Royce O'Neal, we find Jayshon Tate, P.J. Washington, Garrison Matthews, Maxi Kleber. Would you like to buzz? Buzz. Um, okay. Good buzz. The Mavs front court is just a clusterfuck con. Jason Kidd still really hasn't found out what his actual rotation is. Um, Kleba's competing with minutes with Dwight Powell, Willie Colley Stein, Moses Brown con. Remember Moses Brown? I do remember Moses Brown. Wow, that's a name. <laughs> of the Thunder Before last those year. Guys are, yep. And then traded to the Celtics and then traded to the Mavs. Um,. Yeah, all four of those guys are really fine for minutes right now, Con. And I do think Kleba is the best option out of those four. Um, he meshes him and Luca's chemistry is actually really good, Con. But we mm-hmm. haven't got to see Kleba play a ton next to Porzingis. Um, Kleba is actually Kleba's playing pretty well, Con, right now. Um, Porzingis suffered a knee contusion last week, which he's missed two straight games so far. And Kleba in the last two of those games, Con's averaging ten points, nine rebounds in thirty-one minutes. Um, he was actually playing pretty well about a month ago, Con, but he mi- he had a left oblique strain, so he ended up missing nine straight games, but it seems like he's past that, and I think there's a good chance he secures a starting role or at least a significant front court role in this Mavs lineup, and he chips in pretty solid blocks and board contributions along with scoring double-digit points in um, the majority of his games this year. He scored exactly 13 points in three of his past five games, and he's locked 25 minutes, over 25 minutes in five of his last six games. So even when Porzingis is back, I think Kleba's going to have a big enough role to be a fantasy viable option here. Yeah, I think so too. And he he's a guy that has found himself in starting roles with the Mavs before. I mean, this is now his fifth year with the organization, and he started 118 games. So nothing to sneeze at there. So, so it's, it's definitely not out of the question that he finds himself in a starting role, can find himself in a starting role going forward. Um, and he's actually he's more of a veteran guy than I thought, Noah. He's been in the league for five years, but he's actually 30 years old because he came over after playing in the German league for about five years there. So in a team that doesn't have a, a ton of veteran presence, um, no, that, that I can't say that. In a team with not a lot of guys over the age of 30, I don't know if that means much. Uh, it just purely in terms of age, he's definitely up there in terms of leadership ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I like it. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Noah. What do we need to know about Dennis Smith Jr.? <clears throat> this, is a, this is a hilarious name, Con. I did not think I'd be writing down on this list. but um, So Dame has an abdomen issue, Con. Uh, he has an injury that's a current abdomen injury going on right now that is going to keep him out for about the next eight days because they announced it two days ago. Um, you know... This was this seemed like it was going to lead to Anthony Simons seeing a lot of minutes gone, but during the weekend, Anthony Simons hurt his ankle and was seen leaving no. the Portland Trailblazers facility in a walking boot. This leaves Dennis Smith Jr., the third-string point guard on this team, con, to be in line to start for this Blazers team at least for the next week while Dame is out. And, you know, there's... There's deeper rumors out here, Colin, that this Dame abdomen injury is actually worse than what the Blazers are currently um, portraying it as. Because, really? as we know, the Blazers just... No, okay, that was the Suns. But there is there are rumors that this Dame injury is worse than it actually um, they're saying, Colin, and that he potentially might have to have surgery on this. Um, because wow. it is going to be... Even when he comes back, Colin, it's going to be something that's lagging um, you know, on him for the rest of the season. Yeah, so I'm and, not saying I'm not saying Dame's gonna have surgery, but he is gonna be playing hurt at the very minimum, um, at least uncomfortable. And you know, Dennis Smith Jr. is a giant question mark on, but he's going from a bench guy not playing at all to a starter, so at least worth mentioning. Yeah, and he uh, he had a, a decent night for himself in his uh, first night starting, put up 21 points, six assists, four boards, along with three steals. That's actually that's a banger of a game. Yeah, and CJ McCollum got hurt in that game, Colin, so. Jeez, I mean, shots are available. Yeah, um, and just to add to that, if I'm Dame Lillard, I have no reason to come back early from an injury, especially with the way that that Trailblazers roster is constructed. Uh, You're not winning anything this year. If it's a serious injury, I'm not playing through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually, so as we know, Colin, the Blazers' defense is absolutely just dog shit. And it's, the reason their defense was so bad last year, Colin, was, you know, Damon CJ get picked on in the pick and roll. Um, Terry Which Stott makes sense. Played, a, played a general pick and roll defense, Colin, where the big drops back and the guard tries to fight through the screen to get back to the ball handler. Um, this year, under new coach Chauncey Billups, Colin, the Blazers started using a more aggressive pick-and-roll defense. Um, they use a lot more blitzes or shows on pick-and-roll, Colin. And for our listeners, a blitz on a pick-and-roll when you're playing defense, Colin, is the big man immediately flashes to the guard, but he's not actually guarding him. He's just trying to stop his momentum, and then they switch back. Um, so the Blazers, Con, are averaging 21.9 blitzes on pick-and-rolls a game. Um, that's first in the league, Con. The next closest team is the Timberwolves at 14.7. Yet, wow. I'm looking at this chart, Con. The x-axis is blitz shown against pick-and-rolls per game, and the y-axis is points allowed per chance. And while the Blazers lead the league in 21.9 blitzes per game, Con, they give up the most points per pick-and-roll chance. At 1.07. <laughs> oh, no. So they're, they're trying, and what you're saying is it's not working. Yes. So literally nothing is going to work for this Portland team, Con. It's a roster issue and a scheme issue. 
Yeah, well, and Phillips is trying to scheme around a scheme that didn't work last year, so um, yes. I, I won't throw the blame on him. But yeah, the Blazers are poorly constructed. They didn't do anything this offseason. Shocked that they didn't trade Dame. And it's, we'll... it's so crazy, Colin, that Dame wants to be a Blazer for life, too. And it just seems like they just they just can't build a team around this guy. It's so crazy. I mean, paying C.J. McCollum, who has never made an All-Star game, $36 million, is uh, hampering, to say the <laughs> least. Yeah. Not that there are years where CJ didn't deserve to make all-star teams because he absolutely does, but it, it's hampering. There's a reason why. Yeah. Um, they're fucked, and I think Dame's leaving gone. Is he, He's not a free agent this offseason, though, right? It's next? No, next year. I, 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 think, he, I think this summer, Colin, is going to be the Dame the wants out storyline. Yeah, I mean, he kind of flirted with it, and it just sort of went away. They just, I don't know if they didn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I To me, I don't get why Dame for Ben Simmons straight up isn't a thing that those teams are thinking about. So I get it. I, I think the Blazers would rather just go down with the ship there than actually trade Dame at this point. I don't know. I don't know. Trading a dame is hard, Con. That is true. Okay. No, it is. It is. It is. But you got to get something. You can't just let him walk. Yes. <laughs> then you're so. looking at Ben Simmons and CJ, baby. <laughs> Let's go. I bet at least that pick and roll defense will probably improve. Yeah, it would improve a lot. <laughs> and he'd be on the West Coast, which is what Ben wanted to be on the West Coast in Portland. Right next to his boy, Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, Back yeah, baby. The future. They'd love that. Alrighty, and then to finish off the uh, the list and the episode, we have Davion Mitchell, Luke Kennard, Alex Crusoe. Actually, don't even put Alex Crusoe on here. Alex Crusoe should just be rostered. Kevin Herter, Daniel Gafford, Cam Johnson, Emmanuel Quickly, Herbert Jones, Otto Porter Jr., Jalen Brunson, D. Rose, and Alec Burks. And that'll just about do it for this episode of Bench Chatter, do you, Noah. Uh, do, you, uh, do you know who Herbert Jones plays for, Colin? No. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I read that name, and I was like, I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. Hold on. Let me, let me a, uh, look up Herbie Jones real quick. He's a backup big man for the Pelicans, Colin. Actually kind of been playing well this last month. Wow. Yeah. You know what? No, i got to be honest with you. Pelicans games are not games that I've been tuning into. <laughs> they might so, be the least the least league passable team come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if we were to power rank league passable teams, other than the fact that I'm a staunch Jonas Valanciunas owner, there is no reason for me to watch a Pelicans game. And even then, I, I just I can <laughs> just see what he does in a box score and say, Yes, good job, Jonas. <laughs> yeah. Shit, you're right. He's playing pretty decent. They're another dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, David Griffin needs to be fired. That thing is. That dude's a clown. Squandering AD and Zion. Jeez. And just giving away Lonzo Ball. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, as a Bulls fan, I have no qualms with that. As somebody who understands players' value, what? Yeah, I don't know. All right, Anella, sign us off. That's going to do it, boys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. And enjoy this sweet outro music. Peace. Diddle, diddle, diddle.